So the question really is, you know, how do you deal with uh, past trauma? And um, it's funny that you asked this great question because I was thinking about it this morning. Um, so I remember, you guys all remember when a lot of us had a Windows computer that was, you know, back in the day, and you get everything working just right, and then there'd be an update. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, we improved it. We made it better. And everything would like a spring would pop out of the smoke would come out of your computer and be, everything would be down for weeks, right? How many remember that? But the nice thing is technology works a lot better than that today. And all of us on our phone, you'll have applications and you'll get updates on a regular basis. How many can relate to that? And if you've ever had the experience, I remember, you know, when I first got my first smartphone, it was a BlackBerry. And applications would update. And I was like, mm, 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 mm. no, 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 shut that off. Don't do that, right? But it doesn't work that way anymore because on that BlackBerry, they would start updating those applications and updating them and updating them and updating them. And pretty soon, if you didn't update it, the application no longer worked, right? So here's the interesting thing about it. When we have trauma that's in the past, one of my teachers used to always say this, the best part about the past, the best, is that it's over. That's the best part. But all of us, myself included, and I'll talk about in just a second, have this perfectly natural tendency to update applications that we ought not update. And we update those applications and we carry them forward into our current operating system. Now, I'm going to give you some help, though, on how not to do that. So I want to tell you a little bit about my morning today. Now, many of you have been in class before when I've talked about one of the best ways to meditate is to do it first thing in the morning. Because what happens is, is to understand the whole philosophy that we teach with is this idea that, and I read this when I was probably 13 years old, and I was in an environment I didn't want to be in, and uh, a lot of things were going on that were a little bit challenging at that time. But I read in this book this one phrase that has stuck with me since I was 13, and the phrase was, you create your own reality. And I thought, that's just crazy talk. I've never heard that before. But if it's true, I could get out of this situation I'm in. If it's true, that would be the master secret to everything. You create your own reality. So I, I really have spent many decades working on that concept. You create your own reality. And so to understand what we teach here in the dojo, we teach this idea that governs everything, which is the law of momentum. And the law of momentum is, is that wherever you focus and wherever you keep your mind, that focus will have a tendency to get bigger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually the physical manifestations, the physical equivalent of where you have kept your mind Will start appearing in your life. Now, some people will hear that talk and they'll go, oh, it's like, you know, it's like magic, like a genie. Well, maybe, I don't know. 
Other people, a little bit more practical, will say, yeah, of course it makes sense because if you believe a certain way and you maintain that belief a certain way, then you'll start thinking a certain way and then you'll start behaving a certain way and then you'll start making decisions that match that certain way and sure enough, those things will show up in your life. And you know what I say to both those groups? Who cares? Because the result is still the same. If you want to get all mystical, you can get all mystical on me. If you want to be real practical, you can be real practical. Bottom line is, is wherever you keep your head, that's where everything goes. So why do we say meditation at all? Well, we say when we meditate, what we literally are doing is we're stilling our mind. So any of those negative programs that we've been updating, we're literally learning how to deactivate those. We're literally learning how to let those lie. So all the active programs that we've been working against will start moving forward. That's why we meditate. And so then somebody says, well, Sensei, then why do you do it first thing in the morning? Well, because usually when you were asleep, all of your resistance went away. Usually when you were asleep, you know, Mike was unable to think about that horrible situation while he was asleep, because he was asleep. Somebody says to me, well, then Sensei, why do we meditate? Why don't we sleep? The problem with sleep is, is that you're not awake for it. So you're, you're doing all the things mentally you really need to do because you're stopping all of your negative momentum when you sleep, but you have no control over it. So if you have no control over it, then when somebody at work is unfair to you or somebody cuts in front of you in traffic or somebody gets a promotion that you should have gotten or somebody steals from you or somebody speaks ill of you, then you'll revert right back to that person you were before because you weren't doing it consciously. You were just kind of letting it happen by default. Does that make sense? So then what happens right as we wake up? Well, there's an interesting space, right? How many of you dream, or everybody dreams, but how many are aware that you dream? So there's an interesting little space that happens right as you're waking. See, we think that we dream all night long, but usually we don't. What we usually do is just dream in that last minute or two right before we get up, right? And in that space where we're dreaming, we have no resistance, and in many cases, it might help some of you even to keep a little dream journal. Whatever you have been keeping active, that is whatever you have been updating all day long, every day on a consistent basis, usually comes springing out in some way in your dream. So for many years, I've taught this, that when I first started martial arts and studied martial arts, I really lacked confidence. And We've all had that, especially when we start, when we start training, right? You're learning all these techniques and all these moves, and then you, you have sort of the nightmare, right? Where you're being attacked, and you're just moving in slow motion, and you hit the bad guy or the monster, and nothing works, and you have that, you're caught in the muck and the mire. Everybody's had that dream. You might have the equivalent of it in a different area. Maybe you have an equivalent of walking into the wrong classroom at university, or sitting down to take the most important exam of your life and realizing you don't know the answers. Everybody's had those sort of nightmares. Everybody can relate to that. And what do those nightmares really mean? Well, I'll tell you this, there was a time when that monster would attack me in my dream and I couldn't fight him. And then one day, he came out of this closet in this dream and I looked right at him and I said, I swore, sorry, but I did. I'm ready for you. And I grabbed him by the throat. I did a sotogari. I slammed him to the ground. And I woke up punching him in the face. And I never had that monster come back to me again. 
Now, what did that mean? What it meant was that the training that I was doing on the mats, the visualization that I was repeating over and over and over and over and over had finally taken hold and I had deleted my old program. And no more could that program come into my consciousness. Make sense? So, Mr. Sensei, all spiritual, high and mighty, laying in bed this morning, so mad at my neighbor what he was doing to me. I was so frustrated at the loss of income that I woke up to. I was so angry and insecure. And what did that tell me this morning? As soon as I got out of bed, that's why I love that question so much. Mr. High and Mighty Sensei, you got more vibrational work to do than what you are even giving yourself credit for. You're not all that. And a bag of Doritos. Make sense? So now let's be real specific, and I'll leave you guys go. So if you want to change momentum, if we understand that where my thought goes, it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds, and it builds like an avalanche, and you want to use the analogy that we use of a mountain, that on one side of the mountain, there's an avalanche leading you to everything that you do not want. And on the other side of the mountain, there's an avalanche leading you to everything that you do want. The mistake that most of us make is we decide that we're gonna work on our horrible, painful divorce from 10 years ago. And the problem with the horrible, painful divorce from 10 years ago is it's already crushed the village. That avalanche has rolled all the way down that hill. And then you stand up and say, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to, yeah. It doesn't work. But where we do have power is way up at the tip of the mountain. Way up at the tip of the mountain. One of the teachers that I study a ton of their material says it this way. Every statement that you make, every thought that you think, is either downstream or upstream. Downstream means it's leading to the side of the mountain where the good stuff is. Upstream means it's starting an avalanche on the wrong side of the mountain. And so you can literally analyze the words that you use when you discuss any subject whatsoever. I can say, the weather today is getting warmer. I like the spring. I like the direction of where the summer is going to be headed. I can be very, very general in everything that I say. And if I'll continue to make strokes onto that right side of the mountain, I can sometimes eventually get myself, you know, most people are good. My ex-wife was cruel. The divorce system, you just literally have to cut all of that negative talk out. Cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Build to the correct side of the mountain. Build to the correct side of the mountain. And just in the same way that when I was fighting Dracula or whatever it was in my dream, you throw that punch so many times in the classroom over and over and over again, visualizing being the person that you want to be, being in the position that you want to be in, that eventually one day your unconscious mind takes over and that's your new vibrational set point. But don't start with the hard things. 
start with the really easy things, like the weather in Toledo, like the gratitude that you have for your family, like how excited you are to be able to be alive today and all the exciting things that your life is headed for you. Make sense? The, it's just as simple as this, and I'll just kind of close with this, that in every particle of the universe, there is that which is wanted and that which is not wanted. And the only difference between successful, happy, joyous people is successful, happy, joyous people focus on the particles that are wanted. And negative people, unhappy people, people that move consistently away from their dreams and their goals, they only do it because they focus on the other particles. Everything in the universe is true, but you get to decide what truth you want to focus on. And if you'll develop that, we'll get there and we'll get there together. And one day you'll be waking up thinking about all the love of your life and about your grandkids and about the abundance that's racing to you and the relationships that you have and those will so overwhelm all of that other stuff and one day it just won't even be part of your consciousness. If the information in this podcast spoke to you, you'd like to get some more information you can check out my book, Break the Chain, Volume 1, available on Amazon. Also, you can get the link to the book in the show notes, as well as ohiomartialarts.com slash break the chain.